Hey, this is Dylan Rogers, director of Bold Youth. I'm so excited that you're checking out the podcast today. I'm hoping and praying that it helps you grow in passion, prayer, purity, and purpose. I hope to see you on Monday nights at Bold Youth or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer in Kansas City. We are determined to see a generation in bold pursuit of King Jesus. Tonight, uh, we're going to do something similar to what we did last week where we did get that bread, where we broke down or did an exegesis of scripture. Uh, Basically what that is, is just really getting in and having a a critical interpretation of the scriptures. And we're going to do something similar tonight. However, we're going to put a little bit of a turn on it and kind of send it towards prayer. Because I know you guys have heard it over and over again during these weeks, me pushing you to praying, encountering God, talking to God, talking to the Holy Spirit, encountering Him in conversation, even during the quarantine, even during a time where we're not meeting corporately. The best way for you to encounter God right now is through worship and prayer praying to God. And what we're going to do tonight is look at prayer through scripture. See, last week I had a lot of fun. It was really awesome getting into the scriptures with you and just breaking it down verse by verse, talking about how God sees us now, how we can express God's glory here on earth. uh, And even during tragedy, how we can be beacons of hope, beacons of joy, being ones who uh, represent Christ in a way that he would have if he were here today. So tonight we're going to do the same thing, except we're going to be in Psalm 23. So go ahead. Hey, grab a Bible, grab your journal, grab a pen, get ready to take some notes. And while you're doing that, go ahead and write this title down, Prayers for Life. Prayers for Life. That's what we're going to talk about tonight are these prayers throughout scripture that we can literally memorize and pray over our lives every day. See, these are things that I try to do every morning when I wake up is just find scriptures that speak to me, that the Lord's revealing his nature to me through and praying those over my life. My favorite one is Psalm 23. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight is talking about who God is, who Jesus is in our lives, where he's leading us, the things that he has for us, the promises that he's given us and how we can pray and apply those to our lives every day. So my hope, here's the challenge, is that you would not only pray these scriptures over your life every day, but that you would actually memorize them. And I know that seems hard. I know that seems like something you can't do. I'll tell you right now, when I was in college, when I was just starting out this race with Jesus, I did not think that I could memorize scripture. As a matter of fact, I have a terrible, terrible memory. But what I have found is that when I am in the scriptures daily, when I'm praying them over my life, when I'm trying to apply them in every situation I go through, I tend to remember them. I can recall them. In fact, I believe that the Holy Spirit even reminds us of scriptures that we read when we go through different situations. And Psalm 23 is one of those for me. So go ahead, turn your Bible over to Psalm 23. We're gonna go through this very similar to last week, except we're gonna, like I said, spin it into prayer. How can we just pray these scriptures over our lives every day? So just a little background real quick on Psalm 23. This is a Psalm written by King David. Now, what I love about this one is it's not a Psalm or a song about uh, his kingship or what he was experiencing during his reign as king of Israel. In fact, I think if this was written during his, his reign as king of Israel, 
This was actually him remembering a time when he was a young man, when he was a boy in the field, when he was a shepherd himself, shepherding the flocks of his father. And we read about those stories all throughout scripture where David was spending time in the field, where he was worshiping, and he was even known as a worshiper while he was in the field. In seasons of being unknown, in seasons of working a job that I'm sure was a little smelly, it probably wasn't the most beautiful job in the world, but he found time to encounter God. And it's this Psalm 23 that he writes later on in his life where he's remembering what the Lord did in his life in the field. See, before he was known by nations, he was just a boy in the fields worshiping God. Before he was anointed to be king, he was just a young man, passionate about knowing who God is. And I'm telling you right now, this Psalm, I My prayer is that it would bless you, that you would have a revelation of who God is, that you would see God move in your life as you pray these scriptures over yourself every day. So let's read this together in Psalm 23. We're gonna read the whole Psalm here. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes or restores my soul. He guides me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that promise. Even in the presence of our enemies, God is preparing a table. Goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the Psalms that we have that we can cling to and have hope and peace and joy. Thank you for scriptures that we can pray over our lives every day, that they can still apply to us in every situation. No matter where the world is headed, The scriptures still stand true. They are firm. So God, we cling to them. I ask tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would just bring the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we could have more knowledge of you and what you're doing, who you are. God, we're not just going to declare who you are. We're going to ask, God, who are you? What do you have to say about us? What do you have to say about these situations we're facing? God, I ask that you would bless every single person tuned in tonight that you would just deposit love into them, just show them the love that you poured out through your son, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, amen and amen. So as we dive into the scriptures tonight through Psalm 23, we're going to break it down into nine different points for you. Now, I don't expect you to write down all of them. I encourage you to, and I would encourage you to even pray these things over yourself as we uh, go through each verse. We're gonna pray at the end of it as well. There's these nine points that I think David makes through Psalm 23 that I would love just for us to to take a hold of, to really believe. So let's pick it right there in the first verse. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. So this is David declaring who God is in his life. This is a personal connection to him. See, we just talked about earlier how before David was king, he was a shepherd. So God revealing his nature as a shepherd in David's life was something that he understood. It was something that was familiar to him. And we even read in the New Testament how when Jesus comes on the scene and he recruits some of the the disciples, the first thing that he even says to Peter is, hey, I'm gonna make you a fisherman of people. 
He gives familiarity to his, his identity in our lives, to his nature, his character, the attributes of God in our lives. This is something incredible that God does for us is he doesn't give us these things that we can't understand. He gives us things that are familiar to us so that we can actually see him in our lives. And that's what David's saying. He's saying, he's my shepherd. I'm not gonna lack anything. So that's another part there is that when Jesus is our shepherd, when God is our shepherd, we're not lacking anything. Now, I know what you're thinking is, you know, Dylan, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have a bunch of money. You know, I don't have a job. I I don't have wealth. I don't have some of these other things. Well, I don't think that's what David was talking about here. See, I think what David is saying is when Jesus, when God is our shepherd, we get his life. We get God on our side. And when we have God on our side and we have Jesus on our side, we lack nothing. Because when we have him, we have life. And I love in John 10, verse 11, This is Jesus talking. He says, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. So even Jesus desires to be the shepherd. He identifies as a shepherd and he's saying, hey, I'm here to lead you through the path of life. You don't have to go through life on your own bold. And I know right now, even in quarantine, that might be hard for you to believe, but I'm telling you, if you have faith in it, if you believe that he is good and he is your shepherd, he is the good shepherd in your life, he poured out his life for you, you will lack nothing because he poured his life out for you. And it's easy to have selfish desires. It's easy to want the, the you know, worldly wealth, the things that the American dream, the rat race that we feel everybody's on. But the truth is, is that when Jesus becomes our shepherd, we, we come under his life. We receive the fullness of his life. The same spirit that lifted him from the dead. That's what we talked about last week. That same spirit lives in us. That's the spirit of life. And when he becomes our guide, it leads to a full life. It leads to us receiving revelation of him. Let's move on to the next verse. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. This is the idea of restoration in Jesus. See, as he's leading us through life, his goal is that we would find restoration in him. See, he poured out his life for us, but there's still work that has to happen. Even for me, like when I got saved, there were a lot of things that I still had to be set free from or that I had to be restored from. You see, that's the the race. That's the, the path that we're on with God right now is he is leading us through these paths where he's going to make us lie down in green pastures. So what does that mean? Well, that's that's rest for our, our physical being. See, we're made up of a, we have this body, this physical body, but we also have mind, will, and emotions or, or, or soul. Then we also have this spirit, the breath of God, the, the life that God gave us inside of us, our spirit. See, making us lie down in green pastures is Jesus's way of saying, hey, I'm going to give you rest to your physical body. This isn't something that you have to just run in your own power. No, I'm gonna give you rest. And even think about it in, in the beginning when God was creating. Even God took rest from the work that he was doing. And he called it holy. He called it a Sabbath. And that's what we get to do today. And it's a holy, it's a sacred day for you that you would find rest in your physical body. He makes us lie down in green pastures. It's something he desires for us. Then he says, he also leads us beside quiet waters or still waters. Now, this is a a very visual picture for us. See, we get to see that even the path that he's leading us down, there's this quiet water beside us. This is the, the water or the streams of peace. These are the things that come from Jesus. See, he's leading us our, through this, this, this path 
that oftentimes we find anxiety, we find stress, we find depression. These are all attacks against our mind, will, and emotions. And see, none of those are from God. Those are attacks of the enemy. Those are the enemy trying to detour our mind away from God. But Jesus is coming and saying, hey, I'm gonna lead you beside still waters. I'm gonna give you peace. I'm gonna give you joy. I'm gonna be your source of happiness. I'm going to be the one, if you, if you lean into me, if you abide in me, if you stay with me, if I'm your shepherd, I will be the one that gives you peace. These are the quiet waters. And it says, he refreshes our soul. See, we can find restoration in Jesus every day and he will restore all of you. It's not just parts of you. It's not just pieces of you. No, he will give you rest physically. He'll give you rest emotionally. And I'm telling you right now, some of us during this quarantine, we need to be taking action to find rest in God. And that doesn't mean just taking naps. Hey, we just talked about that though. Naps are good. It's just not napping all the time. That's not the only part of it. It's not just physical rest. There's these other parts where we have to get with God and let him provide the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness that he promises. Those are what refreshes every part of us. The next verse, it says, he guides me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, this is uh, the promise of righteousness, this path that he's leading us down. You know, we've we've talked about in the first two parts, you know, why he's leading us, why he's our shepherd. Now, David talks a little bit about where he's leading us. What path are we on? What is this race that we're running with Jesus, our shepherd? So have you ever wondered that? Have you ever just asked God, like, God, what, <laughs> where are you taking me? What, what? What is the place? Where is this, this promised land that I, I've read about? Where's, where are the promises that I know you've given me? See, that's, that's a, a question that I've asked God too. But here's the reality is I don't think we always get the, the end picture or the, the end game, so to say. I think a lot of times we get this promise right here, that we're on a path of righteousness. See, it's not the, the end destination that we're focused on. It's where we're at right now, it's the path of righteousness. It's the promise that we have been made right with God, that's the righteousness, because of the sacrifice of Jesus. So now we have peace. See, when we're identified by Jesus, when we're his sheep, when he's our shepherd, he moves us into right standing with God. He made the way for righteousness for us. See, he was the righteousness. He was perfection. He was the fullness of life. And he gave that for us so that we could be the righteousness of God. And that's the promise is we don't always get where we're going, but we get where we're at right now. And that's the path of righteousness. And through that, we have peace with God through Jesus. Jesus made the way, and the amazing part is we're on the path of righteousness. And I love verse four. This is the the mega verse of Psalm 23 that we're all focused on, is even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil for you are with me. See, I think this one is wildly taken out of context sometimes. See, that path, that path of righteousness, that's the promise. That's, that's the goal we have to cling to. That's where we're, our, our identity is, the path of righteousness with Jesus. But sometimes that path goes through the valley of the shadow of death. See, that's a reality. Is David even realized that in his life, that you know we're not promised a beautiful life. We're not promised that nothing's gonna go wrong. We're not promised that we'll never face fear or stress or anxiety. We're never promised that we won't lose things, but we are promised that he is with us. So when we go down the path of the, the valley, the shadow of death, when, when our path goes through that, 
We have Jesus on our side, so we have no fear. And that's the main idea there in verse four, is that there's no fear in Jesus. There's no fear when the love of God is on our side. And that's the promise, is we don't fear because or for you are with me, because Jesus is with us. I love First Peter 5, there's just another verse that I wanted to, to talk to you guys about. It says, your enemy, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, you might call me a nerd, but uh, I just love, I loved English. I loved literature when I was uh, growing up, when I was all the way through grade school, even through college. It was something I really loved. And one thing that I love about this verse is it says the enemy prowls about like a roaring lion. See, that's what David was insinuating by the shadow of the valley in the, the valley of death is he's a liar. He's pretending. See, the devil is like a lion. He's, he's roaring about but his voice is small. His power is none. It's zilch. It's nada. He has no power over you unless we give it to him and we're not going to because we have the power. We have the redemption. We have what Jesus poured out for us, his life, so that though the enemy prowls about like a lion, we remember that there is one who is a lion. And Revelation says he's the lion of the tribe of Judah who has overcome the world. He has been counted worthy to open the scrolls. He is the one who has overcome for us so that we have no fear. We have no anxiety of what we're facing because the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ, is on our side. He is for us. He has prevailed and won the victory. And now, even though evil is against us, we know that it has no power over us because Jesus is with us. So even though that path of righteousness may go through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. We have no fear because he is with us. And it goes on to say, your rod and your staff they comfort me. And here we get into some discipline. Here's where we, we start to see some of the, the nature of the shepherd, kind of his, his job in our lives. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, the staff was, and the rod were, were tools used by shepherds to lead their flocks, to lead their sheep. And they're actually, they both play a very uh, pivotal role in making sure that those sheep stay safe and that they stay on track. See, the staff was used to guide the sheep, right? So maybe when, when the, the shepherd was leading them down the path and it started getting a little rocky, things were a little shaky, he would use that rod to make sure that they stayed on track, to make sure that they didn't fall off course. See, the way, the path of the Lord, it's, it's narrow, it's straight. And we have to let him give us discipline, we have to develop disciplines in our lives, prayer, getting into the scripture, worship, maintaining lives of purity towards God, saying no to the world so we can say yes to more of Jesus. These are our disciplines that God has given us to make sure that we stay on track with him. And it's that tool. See, sometimes discipline doesn't always feel great, but it's something we need to stay on course with Jesus. And that rod, this is what I love. This is the grace of God, right? The rod was used to pull sheep out of a dangerous or unfortunate situation. And I wanna ask you right now, how many situations have you been in that you have felt alone? You felt lost. Maybe you felt like you've made a mistake and now you're ashamed. Maybe you're, you're feeling these, uh, just these thoughts that you don't know if you can keep going. Well, the promise is bold that there is grace 
from the shepherd to pull you out of those things. See, see the rod, it had this, this curved into it uh, that it could wrap around the sheep's neck and it, the shepherd would actually pull them out of ditches or pull them out of, of uh, thickets or whatever they might've been trapped in. And it would set them free from it so that he could then use the staff to bring them back on course. It's this beautiful picture of discipline. See, he didn't just leave him there. We even read through scripture that the shepherd would leave 99 to go get the one. If one fell short, if one made a mistake and fell off the path, he would go and use the staff to pull him back out and put him back with the sheep on the right path. See, that's the grace of God. It's the favor of God in our lives that he as a good father would show us discipline and give us disciplines to apply to our lives. In the next verse, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Here's the, the visual of purity. Here's the statement of purity that David's looking at here. See, there are enemies around us. There, are, there is the enemy prowling about like a lion. And no, he doesn't have power unless we give it to him. But the reality is, is he's still trying to confuse and lie to us to get us to shift our focus away from God. The promise is right here that Jesus, God, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, which means he's not promising that you have no enemies. He's not promising that there's no hardship. What he's promising is that he's with you and he's preparing a table for you. So my question is bold. Who is sitting at your table? Who are you allowing to have a seat at your table? Is it just you and God? Are you allowing the spirit of doubt? Are you allowing the spirit of, of stress and anxiety? Are you allowing the enemy to have a chair at the table that God prepared for you? My hope is that you won't. My hope is that your table is prepared for you and God. So that's what God's preparing us for. He's preparing the table for you and him. So I want you just to imagine that right now. Imagine in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of all the things happening, in the midst of the chaos, that there's a table and it's a table set for two. But it's your choice, Bold. It's your choice. Who are you going to allow at your table? Will you keep it pure? Will you keep it just between you and God? This time of intimacy, this time where you can just hold on to him and listen to him and he can talk to you. I promise you bold, he wants to talk to you. But you have to be able to say, this table's only for two. <laughs> There's no more room at this table for you, enemy. Devil, you have no seat at my table. Stress, anxiety, depression, you have no seat at my table. This table is for me and God. He prepares our table. Let it be just between you and him. David goes on to say, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. This is the idea of abundance, abundance. See, he is going to anoint your head just like he did David. The good news is, is that it doesn't matter where you're at right now, just like it didn't with David. See, David was a, a young man in the fields. He wasn't invited to the, the table, <laughs> to the meeting with the prophet and his family, his dad, his brothers. No, he wasn't invited. But then we read in scripture that God still saw him and he sent the ones who rejected him out to retrieve him. 
And when he came to the table of God, when he came to the table where the prophet was set to anoint the next king, says he was anointed that the spirit of God went with him from that day forward. And that's the beautiful picture bold is that he's going to anoint your head in a way where you overflow, in a way where you don't have to worry about needing because his life will be abundant in you. And it then says, surely your goodness and your love, it's going to follow me all the days of my life. See, this is faithfulness of God. This is the faithfulness, that goodness and his kindness, his love, they're going to follow you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to be with you through it all. This is your moment. This is your time to see the faithfulness of God that yes, you might be alone physically, socially, all that stuff might be messed up right now, but God is still with you. His goodness and kindness and love, they're still with you and they will follow you all the days of your life. It's the faithfulness of God. It's the faithfulness of God to see that we were once lost, but he found us and he sent his son for us so that we could be made right with him and we could receive the love and the goodness of God. And here's the promise. This is the last part. This is point number nine, Paul. The promise is that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the picture that God gives us through David here in this Psalm. It was all leading to this, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, his promises are firm. They're true. His blessing is still flowing. His favor is still on you. He has not turned his eyes away from you. No, he sees you. He's with you. Even right now, I know some of you right now, you may be having a moment right now where you're encountering God. I want you to just step into that. Another Psalm says, be still and know that he's God. To know God requires you to still your soul, to still your thoughts, to still everything around you and just to focus in and know that he is God in your life, to know that he has poured out his love and his spirit so that you could know him more. He's still with you. He's still for you. And this week, we're gonna do exactly what we did last time. So we're gonna go into worship and then we're going to pray Psalm 23 over our lives. We're just gonna go verse by verse and pray. So I've invited Bethany to come back. She's gonna lead us into a song. And we're just gonna sing about the blessing of God. We're gonna sing about the favor that God has, not just on us, but for generations and generations and generations because he's faithful, because he's with us. Come on, if you would, just sing this with us.
going to stay in this moment here. We're just going to pray Psalm 23 over our lives. We're just going to put into practice these ideas that we just talked about. We're going to get right into it. So just find a place, just get into a stature of prayer right here. I'm going to lead you through this. I'm going to read the verses for you. I'm going to read the ideas and you just pray, pray boldly over your life. Number one says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Connect with God right here. Declare who he is in your life. Tell him, God, I know you are my savior. You are my one love. You are my healer. You are my redeemer. You're my sanctifier. Come on, just name him by his names that he is God. He is creator. He is alpha and omega. Come on, just in your own words, just call on the name of Jesus right now. Who is he in your life? Even ask him, God, what do you have to say right now? Reveal yourself to me. Reveal yourself to every student, every parent, every teenager from wherever they're at. If they're watching this right now, just reveal who you are, your nature to them right now, God, that they would know you and declare, I lack nothing. That's a declaration in your life. I'm not going to lack anything because I have Jesus with me. Come on, I lack nothing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus, so that we would lack nothing, that we would have life and life to the full, life overflowing, life abundant. Thank you, God. 
thank you that we lack nothing because of your son. Just a few more minutes right there, a few more seconds, I'm sorry, just to pray that first verse. Connect with God, connect with him. The second part is he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. This is restoration. Just pray for restoration in your life. What areas do you feel like you're weak in? What areas do you feel like you're failing? Ask God right now to restore you, to restore your rest physically, to restore your emotions, to restore your your mind, your will, your emotions. Come on, just ask him, God, restore my soul. I need rest. God, I need help. I've fallen short, but your word says that you can restore me, that you can give me rest. Come on, just ask him right now. Restore my soul, God. Restore my soul. Refresh my soul. Come on, even ask him right now just to give you a revelation of the the truth of the Sabbath. Come on. I just feel that's the Holy Spirit speaking right now that we would have a revelation of the truth of the Sabbath, the the truth behind the rest that God gave us and sanctified. Come on, just pray. Restoration, Jesus, every day. God, that this wouldn't be a one-time encounter, a one-time thing, but this is an everyday promise. Your mercies are new every morning. You are still working in our lives. Restore our souls, God. Restore our souls. The next part is verse three. He says, he guides me along the path of righteousness for his name's sake. We talked about this is righteousness. This is the moment where we were made right with God. And this is the path that he's leading us down right now. So just thank him. Jesus, thank you for giving your life so that we, I could be made right with God. Father, thank you for sending Jesus for me to pay for my sin, to pay for my shortcomings, to pay for where I came up short so that I could be redeemed and I could be restored and be the righteousness of God. Thank you for giving your life for me. I trust the path of righteousness. I trust the path that I'm on. I'm not distressed by it. I'm going to stay faithful in it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the path of righteousness, God. Come on, just with a thankful heart, thank Him. Thank you, God, for the path of righteousness.
That's what he does. He's redeemed us into his righteousness so that we can have peace with God. And even though that path, even though the path of righteousness may go through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. Why? Because he is with us. So whatever uh, darkness you might be facing right now, whatever uh, lie of the enemy he's tried to push over to you, whatever strongholds you may be feeling, declare them to come down in Jesus's name. That's the power that he's given you. The authority that he gave us is to pull down strongholds, to rip away these lies and these this deceit that the enemy has put on our world, to put on people. Come on, just declare it over your life. I will fear no evil because Jesus is with me. I'm not afraid of the valley. I'm not afraid of the darkness. I'm not afraid of the enemy anymore because you, Jesus, have overcome. So just thank him. Jesus, you have overcome. You have given your life so that we could be made whole, so that we could be made one with you again, so that we could be redeemed. We are now the righteousness of God, so we will fear no evil and we will boldly walk through the valleys. We will boldly walk through the valley of the shadow of death because we do not have to fear evil because the enemy is a liar. He's a pretender. He is just pretending to be this lion that can devour me. But you, God, are the true lion. You are the one who has the victory. You are the one who has the power. And you've given me authority. You've given me the promise that I don't have to fear, but that I can stand firm in the goodness of my God because you are my shepherd, Jesus. I will not fear evil. Come on, declare it over your life. Declare it over your family. Maybe you have family right now who you're praying for to be redeemed. You're praying for to find Jesus. Now is the moment. Pray for them. Put them before Jesus. Come on, just by name, even right now. Maybe put them in the chat. Put them in the prayer. Like literally lift their name to Jesus right now. God, I pray for every single person who doesn't know you. That they would know you, God. I ask that you would remove the blinders from their eyes that you would help them. You would just align their path with believers who can just declare truth in their life, who can encourage them and prophesy over them. God, I ask for uh, brothers and sisters, for children, God, for their paths to cross with somebody who would boldly prophesy over their lives and tell them the goodness of God, to proclaim the goodness, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to them so they can't shake it anymore. God, we ask that you would remove the blinders from the enemy, that they would only see you, that their focus would be on you, not the world. In Jesus' name. And bold, pray this here. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. This is that discipline we talked about. Pray for discipline in your life, that God would redirect you, that he would keep you on the right path, that maybe you've fallen short during this quarantine. You've had moments where you failed, that he would use the rod and pull you up from that ditch, that he would pull you out of that snare and that you would see the goodness, that you would see the favor and grace of God in your life. Come on, just pray that. Father, thank you for discipline. Thank you that your rod, your staff, they comfort me. That it's not you being just angry with me, it's you being gracious. It's you showing grace in our life. Because we know sometimes we're going to fall short. Sometimes things are, are going to happen that we don't respond too well. God, you show us grace, you show us discipline from a loving father. 
You're a good father. Father, we accept the disciplines from you to keep us on course with you, to keep us on track with where you're leading us. And we may not see the full picture ahead of us yet, but we can see the shepherd. We can see our God with us, leading us with the rod, leading us with the staff so that we can know you more. Now, bold right now, just ask for even God to to begin to show you or reveal to you some disciplines you can start right now in your life. Maybe it's waking up a little bit earlier and getting into the scriptures. Maybe instead of listening to uh, different forms of music that you would maybe listen to an audio book of the Bible. Maybe it's even fasting away mainstream music and clinging to worship and true worship, worship about God. Not about us, worship about God. That's what worship is. It's not about us, it's about Him. Come on, just pray that over your life. Father, I ask that you would reveal disciplines to every student watching and listening right now as they're praying to you, going after you. Give them disciplines, God. Disciplines of getting into the scripture, praying to you every day fasting away from the world, saying no to the the rat race and the American dream, clinging to the kingdom. God, may we cling to the kingdom. May we cling to your will. Since you, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This is purity here. Right now is a moment for you to confess to God. Maybe there's some things that you've come up short on. Maybe there's some things that you wish you could take back. Here's the promise. So when we take those to the the throne, to Jesus, to God, we take them to the cross. It says we can lay down our burdens. We can lay down the things that have made us think that we can't come near to God but we can come boldly to the throne of grace, bold, boldly to the throne of grace. Who have you allowed at your table that doesn't belong? Just pray that over your life, that God would continue to make a table before you in the the presence of your enemies. God, I pray for every student that though enemies may try to make their encampment around them, that you are preparing the table You're preparing the meal. You're preparing the conversation, the grace, the mercy, the faithfulness, the discipline, the goodness and the kindness. You're preparing them for us. So Father, we we declare that we're only allowing you at our table. Just us and you. Goes on, we're gonna pray. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows just to clear abundance in your life. That this would be a season of abundance of anointing. That the Holy Spirit, the anointing poured out over us. That when we say yes to Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit and we're anointed by him. We're covered by him. That your cup would overflow with the abundance of life. Like it's in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Jesus came for life and life abundant. 
Just pray for abundance in your life. Father, we pray that. We believe that you're the God of abundance. Surely your goodness and love, it will follow us all the days of our life. Just pray for God's faithfulness in your life. God, we know that you're faithful. And even though this season may not be what we thought it it should be or what we may have wanted, that we know that you're faithful. Lord, even right now, I I pray for every senior who is uh, feeling like they are missing out on some of the things that they may have been promised for prom, for graduation, for, for these moments of celebration for them. Lord, I ask that you would reveal faithfulness to them and you would return what they have lost a hundredfold, that they may not be celebrating at prom or graduation, but they can be celebrating in the kingdom. There are things that are happening in their lives right now that can be celebrated and that you see them, you're covering them. Father, for every high school student that may be struggling right now with isolation, even middle school students, any teenager struggling with isolation, we ask that you would reveal your faithfulness to them. that goodness and love would follow them all the days of their lives. And here's the promise, Bolton. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're in his house. He's our father. He's all that you need, Bold. He's good. He's faithful. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can run to you all the days of our lives, that we can cling to your word, that we can cling to your promises, that you have prepared a place for us. And though this world may be falling apart, there is life from you. There is life available to all who call on the name of Jesus. We're gonna shift our eyes away from the world and to you, God, so that we can know you more. Thank you for the promise, God. You're all we need. Thank you, Jesus. you all the days of our lives. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name.
everybody said amen. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for checking out the podcast. Again, we're hoping and praying that it blesses you and helps you grow in passion, prayer, purity, and purpose. Go out and be bold.